0: Welcome to Recipe for Success. My name is Nancy Giacalone with Olympic Crest Insurance. And um, if you this is your first time joining us, the purpose of this podcast is to combine my love of cooking with my love of business, marketing, personal development, and um, anything else my little curious brain is interested in. Because the one thing I've discovered that they all have in common is there's always one key ingredient or technique that's crucial to the outcome and the success of whatever you're um, doing. I'll spit that out sooner or later. So this morning, I'm super excited to have um, Tammy Collins joining me this morning. So, um, Tammy, let's just kick it off by introducing yourself and telling our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure, sure. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, Nancy. And I applaud you and your um, passion to combine all of your passions into one thing. Um, As you know, one of my big passions is everyone else's passion. My goal is to help people turn their passion into their way of life so that they can make a living doing what they love. That's the simplest, easiest way to explain it. Uh, I do this through, um, a program called live your passion and love your brand. And then for those that are ready to go much farther, I use all of my experience and talent and expertise in marketing and branding to take them farther down the road and work long-term as sort of their in their pocket marketing director.
0: Awesome. Well, a couple months ago, I decided to make a pivot and I really decided that I wanted to focus on strong women doing great things in whatever environment that is for them. And honestly, I feel like you could be the poster child for that because you have really pursued things that were true to you. Um, You live your passion both personally and professionally. And I'd really like you to tell um, me a, a the audience and me a little bit more about why that's so important to you?
1: You know, it's very interesting. I felt from a very young child that I was supposed to do certain things and I didn't really understand what they were, but it was this horrible, constant nag at me. And what happened was, is I spent most of my life miserable because I couldn't figure out what that was. I couldn't figure out what my passions were or what they meant or how I was supposed to use those. And it became Something I needed to conquer with all, you know, no stops, no holds barred. I wanted to connect with that and figure that out. And so that's what I did. I literally turned my life around. I was at 45 years old and I was miserable and I couldn't understand why. Now, mind you, I had lots of successes, right? I had stacks of awards. I was an award-winning marketing director. I was an award-winning interior designer. You know, I had started over a dozen businesses. So most people would go, well, what do you mean? Well, what, what, what I found out later is that my genius zone is taking a concept or an idea and making it a real thing. And so I was preparing myself to do that all along. I didn't understand that. And until I had that light bulb moment, it didn't make sense. Uh, And so really what I feel now is that most people are literally dying a little bit every day, because they're just sort of stuck and doing whatever society told them they're supposed to be doing, or they thought they were supposed to do whatever it is they're doing, and they can't figure out why they're not happy. And so that's really sort of the core of it all.
0: So how did how did you have this breakthrough or what led up to it? I'd really love to know about that.
1: Well, it's funny. Um, I really think my boys were really the big driver. Right. So I was very adamant to them about pursuing their passions and what they wanted to do. And it kind of occurred to me one day. I'm like, well, how can I tell them that? And I'm, it feels like I'm not even doing that for myself. And so I thought, well, what kind of role model is that? (laughs) And so I just, I just said, that's it. That's enough. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of being afraid or whatever all those things were. And I dug in to myself and really uh, that's actually what live your passion is now all about. It is that process that I went through to, to change all that. And I feel like I had to overcome a series of like 15 fears to, to be able to sort of do what I did. And, uh, So I didn't, you know, I didn't really realize much about that, but watching my kids watch me do that and then hear what they've told others about that and what they've said to me, you know, um, it was kind of dropped to your knees, like moving, you know, so.
0: Well, I find that, um, I find that fascinating. Um, I'm always... I have such a curious nature, and I, I'm always interested in a lot of different things. And so um, I when I've had a cooking blog, I got into photography, done all these different things that were part of my passion, and they've served a purpose at that point in time, but generally they've led me to the next thing. It's kind of evolved. It's not that I was bored of that. It just, everything has a place in time in your life. And I, and I think that so many times we're afraid to move from one thing to the next because um, we're always told, don't quit, don't quit. Mm-hmm. It's not quitting, it's evolving.
1: That's a wonderful way to look at it, evolving. And there, I believe that you're in that place and time doing that thing for a reason. There's a skill set or something you're supposed to pick up from that for where you're going and where your journey is taking you. And that's part of what I love to do because when I dig in with clients, you know, I have this ability to sort of pull all those pieces together. And there's these aha moments where they kind of go oh, my gosh, I didn't realize that that could even be a thing or that that's what it was. You know, it's just a very moving uh, experience, really, to go through all that.
0: Well, OK, so speaking of aha moments, I I have one that I know you had, one of our mutual friends had, and I had watching the two of you work together. And that mm-hmm. was a work you did with Sherry. Mm-hmm. Um to me I was literally blown away by it. I was I was probably a stalker on both of your LinkedIn pages watching what you guys were going to post about it next because it was so fascinating for me to watch somebody that I had known in her prior career and mm. then you guys started working together and all of a sudden she just blossomed. And Mm -hmm. she really found her passion Yeah, yeah. and and not only did you help her identify her passion, you created this amazing brand around it, which again, just kind of blew me away. So I really want to know a little bit about that process for you. Like how, how did you help her identify what she really wanted and needed to do next? And then how did you create the brand and the marketing around it? Because it's phenomenal.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, it's actually really quite a challenge. So the first thing I have to sort of preface this with is that, you know, I attract very strong, independent, bold women, right? It, uh, I mean, I guess, obviously, I'm that way. So it's natural for that to happen. But there's a couple of, of challenges that arise with that. When you are a strong, independent, bold woman, you are going to do it you're going to do it yourself you're going to get your answers you, you 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 know you're like on fire but here's the problem with that you're stepping out of your genius zone every time you do that but you can't see it because you're going to get it done that's your nature right so it's a kind of a double-edged sword right and so it's a challenge for me in some of those cases right so um when i build a brand i believe the brand will reveal itself. It's not me choosing it. It's not the client choosing it. It's uncovered by the process that I use to bring it out. And that's a combination of, you know, it's a very well-rounded, it's a holistic approach. It's very uh, psychological. I use a lot of psychologically driven questions to sort of dig in and uncover things. And that's really the key uh, for me and how I operate. I'm uncovering it so that it's so authentic. Um, then there's the challenge of some people struggle to own it. Right. And so I know in Shari's case, she had a little bit of trouble there for a while, sort of owning it, right. Because there's this sense of need to have faith in it. Right. And so it's a little scary, right. You have to step outside of your comfort zone and so forth and so on, but she did a fabulous job and she's done quite well and she's doing very good. And it was an honor to help her. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a unique process.
0: Well, I remember mm-hmm. um, seeing toward the beginning of it when you were developing the brand, I think one of you guys posted almost like a vision board of different yes. things that you had identified yeah. that were part of what she, her vision and her journey. And, and, and I could clearly see where you came up with the branding based on that. It was just it was fascinating because as having owned a business for 25 years and worked with multiple firms to you know redesign my logo or redesign my brand it never feels like that and I,
1: it's inauthentic and yes. someone's telling you what it's supposed to be rather than allowing it to evolve and uncover itself. So that's the difference. That storyboard that you see is the result, direct result of the questioning that I'm asking. And you can see when it's put into a visual format like that, it almost smacks you right in the face.
0: Yeah, it it did. It was crazy. Um, you froze up there for a minute. So All sorry I about know.
1: that. The the hurricane had come through. So I, I think we're good. I apologize. <laughs> oh, no,
0: no, that's okay. Just for anybody that happens to be watching, um, Tammy was in the path of um, Ida, but she is safe and undisturbed. Oh, yeah. However, internet might be a tiny bit sketchy today. So let's, you to have patience. I'd appreciate that. Okay. So since we're talking about branding and marketing, one of the other things that I've heard you say or write about is the fact that you like to disrupt marketing. You like to look at it differently. Tell me a little bit more about that
1: so my path to becoming uh so evolved in marketing and branding has been very long and a winding experience the result of that is that it has made me very broad so i'm not focused on one particular silo of marketing i take a very holistic approach to it and because of that my viewpoint is much more evolved and usually a little bit deeper and bigger. And so what it what it allows me to do is come in with completely new ideas. It allows me to see it from the customer's perspective and make a complete shakeup of how it's really done. Uh, There is really no cookie cutter process and you really shouldn't be trying to make a cookie cutter process because every business is different and more importantly, every client is different. And it's about the client, not the business. And that's a very difficult concept for most businesses to really wrap their head around.
0: Well, um, I, you, I see a lot of um, buzz on LinkedIn, and various um, publications about the absolute necessity of creating a personal brand. And that's kind of what you're talking about right there.
1: Well, so here's a quick sort of synopsis of that. So, so. In the beginning of social media, the the onslaught was you got to have a uh, you know you got to have a funnel you've got to have that, that lead magnet and you want to collect the email blah 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 and a lot of people still operate on that and that has its place and so forth and so on. However, I believe that the new funnel, if you will, is is an organic virtual funnel. That's really what you should be doing. That's where your energy should be. That will give you much better results, much quicker, much faster and much stronger, uh, you know, uh, outcomes. And so people are kind of siloed into this old habit of, well, I've got to collect the emails. Most of the people collecting emails don't even have anything to talk about in an email Campaign. And so I'm kind of going, well, why are you bothering with that? Why don't you work on the other part first and get to the point where you have something to talk about? And so that's that that independent entrepreneur, you know, they're they're they have shiny object syndrome and they see, well, this one got successful. They say to have an email. I better go do that. And then they go learn how to do that and spend all their time figuring that out. I got news for you. That's not your genius zone. You shouldn't even be over there.
0: (laughs) Well, the other thing that I see personally is I see people say, okay, hey, I'm going to get, I'm going to do, I'm going to do LinkedIn or I'm going to do whatever it is. And they get on there and they post a couple of times for, you know, a couple of months and they're like, this isn't working. This isn't worth my effort. And that's not how it works at all.
1: It, it's just not, you know, it you know, that that's a great example. I mean, you can think about a virtual organic funnel in terms of LinkedIn, if you will, right? So by you being active on LinkedIn, you're at the top of your funnel, right? What are you doing? You're, you're putting yourself in a visible place for people to resonate see you and say hey i like what they talk about who are they what do they do right right. that's the beginning of the virtual funnel so you know we have to evolve right as humans we we get so caught up in our habits and you know we just want to figure it out once and then that's it and leave it alone we don't want to have to keep changing. We don't like that we're creatures of habit. But the truth of the matter is, is everything is moving way faster than we can keep up with it. So you've got to be able to adapt. You have to keep your finger on the pulse of what it is that you need to do to stay relevant and present to your ideal clients.
0: I would not consider myself to be an artistic person by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that I'm creative. And one of those, one of the results of being creative is that I get bored with the way things look quite easily. I'm always wanting to continually refresh them so that they look current for the present time. And um, I, of course I drive my staff crazy with that, but I think it's so incredibly important because otherwise you begin to look dated and irrelevant.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is the importance to doing really good brand work. So a lot of people talk about being authentic or, oh, that's inauthentic. And I really think that word is as lost the meaning of what it really is. When you're talking about that in the marketing. Means is that you are inauthentic to your brand, right? So most people are inauth- inauthentic to their brand because they don't have a well-built brand. So it's impossible to stay authentic because you don't know what your brand is, right. and so the message that comes across to the consumer is there's they're inauthentic, it's inconsistent. Um, you'll see this a lot when people start changing things up constantly. Um, a simple example, uh, you know, we're very visual creatures, and um, you know, if you if you establish your branding colors as black and white and yellow, and then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're introducing, you know, orange, you know, the consumer kind of goes, wait, did I get lost? What happened? Right. right. We're like mice. We can only follow the breadcrumbs that you leave, right. If one's missing or one's different, they kind of go, wait, I, I'm lost now. And that so it's super sense. important. I mean, that's a very, you know, generic example, but I think it proves to helps to understand the importance of why your brand pieces need to be so so consistent across the board. You can have fun and mix up your, you know, your posts. But if you have a well-built brand Bible with your, all of the things that you need, there's a lot that you can do within that, that can be mixed up and change things around and still stay on
0: brand. Right. Right. I love that. Okay, so at the beginning you mentioned this a little bit, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into you essentially have three systems that you've kind of built and programs that you have. Um, life, love, and live. Did I get that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um tell me a little bit about those and what makes each one of them different from the uh, from from each other. Sure.
1: So life is uh is legacy infrastructure for entrepreneurs. That is like hiring me as your personal marketing director, right? So one of the biggest problems with branding is that you can create a phenomenal brand, but what you do with it after that becomes just as important. And so again, back to that strong, independent woman, you know, bold, they're, they're, okay, I got this. Great. I'm going to run with it and do this myself, but they are not, a creative director. They are not a marketing director. So they don't really know how to implement it correctly. So a lot of times you'll run into problems then developing the website and getting it into social media and getting it into your offer and so forth and so on. So when you hire me under the life system, I'm taking you from A to Z and your brand stays hundred percent consistent all the way down the road. And you get from, I like to describe it, getting from your Destinate from where you are to the destination without stopping at every city along the way. Once you get to the city or your destination, you are now making money. You are now established. You have successfully succeeded. You are now then ready to move into new avenues, building a funnel. How does this apply to an email? How does all that work? This is your, you know, all courses, all those other things. Um, so that's what you get with life. It's like having your own personal marketing director in your back pocket. And then love came about because I'm so passionate about the brand piece. Love is the first two steps of my life system so that I know that at least you've developed a good brand and you're off. Your foundation is good. So that makes it easier for people to get started with me. And in that whole process, what I realized when I'm working with people is that they had a lot of the same struggles that I had, and I started introducing how I changed my life, and that's become Live Your Passion. So they all work together and build upon each each other. So basically, starting with Live organizes and helps you get ready in every area of your life. Love then helps you take your passion, figure out what it is, build it into a business, and then life helps you grow that business.
0: Okay. That makes perfect sense. Do you have an ideal client or industry that you prefer to work with?
1: You know, it's really funny. Um, I have worked with universities, colleges, portfolio companies, uh, large and small uh, companies, lots of independent entrepreneurs, startups. It's a big range. Uh, i I tend to really like to work with women Uh, and they tend to be that strong, bold, independent woman. But the key thing that seems to be the common denominator is that they know in their heart, they're supposed to be doing something else and they are ready. They are at a point in their life where they are going, I'm, I have got to change this. And so that seems to be the, the big driver. The second part to that is, Sometimes they've already started and maybe have spent a year or two, maybe three, trying to make it work, but sort of just haven't gotten it together. And so that seems to be the 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 the, the definition of the, the perfect client, if you will.
0: That makes sense. I can I can definitely see that. Okay, so we're gonna change all the way up and let's talk about that mountain you bought. <laughs> I mean, I don't own a mountain. I can't, I can honestly say, I don't know anybody else that owns a mountain. Let's yeah. talk about the mountain and what, okay. what inspired this? Yeah. Everybody wants to talk
1: about the mountain. Um, So, okay. Where do we start? Um, So like you, I'm a, I'm a creative, right? I do a lot of different things and I have had this very long vision of creating what I call an experiential destination. And there's a whole bunch of pieces to that, but the overriding theme of it is that it's a plant-based permaculture uh, space that promotes all aspects of the arts. That's the bigger crux of where where that is going. Um, and we have been on vacation in, in many places, and there were some key pieces and things that we wanted, but the most important piece is that it had to feel like you were being transported into another place or time. Right. It had to have this. Oh, my gosh, factor when you're driving up. Um, but to make a very long story short, we we knew it was Tennessee for a very long time, uh, but we had never been to Tennessee, which is kind <laughs> of really like mind blowing. Right. So uh, we were preparing for that move. Um, and of course, COVID hit. And so that we were like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do about this? You know. And so finally, we decided the heck with it. And our anniversary is in May. And so May of 2020, we flew out to Nashville and stayed in a a barn dominium and just drove all over the place looking for, you know, where do we want to go? We figured that was a safe thing to do during COVID, right? We weren't really interacting with anybody or, you know, so um, we just decided that we were not going to let things dictate our life anymore. We were taking control. And so through a few properties and all kinds of crazy things happened that we believe, uh, you know, we were being led to this place uh, were very evident. And the moment we drove, you know, you have to drive up the mountain and you enter this gate and we were both sort of like speechless. We drove out to the point, we get out to the point, we just kind of both looked at each other and went, "Uh, we can buy this? (laughs) (laughs) And so that was that. I mean, it was like, you know, I actually have on video my. I kind of was panning around, and, I, and my husband's sort of like, "Oh my God, this is what we've been looking for." You know, so. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people call it Mount, you know, Hills. You know, we're from Jersey, so you know, this is a mountain to us. It, you know, it's the the highest elevation. I think is like sixteen hundred feet, and then you know, it's a dangerous cliff face. Yeah. I mean, this is, yeah, a that, that's a hill. Cliff.
0: That's a hill, Tammy. Yeah. I live out here with Mount Rainier.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, it, 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 to me, it's not a hill. It's definitely a mountain. And it's funny because we have people that we bring out to do work or whatever. And they're kind of like, I had no idea this was here. You know, they're even, they're in shock, you know, but we love it. It's beautiful. We feel very blessed to be the caretakers of this amazing space. We have some, um, you know, mind-blowing plans and we'll see how that all, you know, works out. But um, we we just love it. We were so lucky.
0: That's so exciting. Um, I remember the first time I went out to North Carolina, it was actually when I had my food blog and I was going to a little food bloggers retreat. And um, I was going from the air or from the airport to Asheville and and the taxi driver or whoever was driving was saying, and those are the mountains. I think it must have been the Blue Ridge Mountains or whatever. Yeah. And those are the mountains over there. And I finally said, "Where are the mountains? I don't see them." Yeah, he, said, yeah. well, he said, "Well, right there." And yeah. I said, "Oh, you mean those hills over there?"
1: Yeah, everybody's view is different. It depends, you know, where you come from, and you know, they're just, you know, it's us. It's a mountain. And
0: yeah, so- no, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it definitely is. So, um, my mom was actually asking, "Have you built a home on the mountain, or are you living in a in a building that was already there?" Well,
1: so um, like every, so when we began this journey, we, we would joke around and we would just say, we're going to literally jump off a cliff and just build a parachute on the way down. That's how we approached this entire thing. And uh, for, you know, you have to realize for us, our kids were, you know, out of college and we kind of felt like, okay, the, the being responsible, worrying, we're done with that. Now it's time to go do what we want. And so that's where the mentality was coming from. Uh, We had no idea what we were going to do, what. You know we just took it and had faith that what we needed would be put in front of us and every time that's what happened so we have two tiny houses and uh this um, we live in one and then the other one is you can rent it on you know uh airbnb or verbo or any of those um but uh yeah so they're tiny houses
0: Perfect. That's awesome. Okay. Well, since you mentioned your kids, um, as much as I love talking about business and marketing and branding and all that stuff, yes. I really like talking about kids and dogs. And I know you got a couple of each. So tell me yeah, about yeah. your family.
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, we had a, a greyhound Enzo who passed mm-hmm. um, and uh, now we just have Jude. She's an Australian shepherd who uh, you probably heard barking at some point in there, but there she's part of our life right so um, and she's doing her job it's a mountain there's all kinds of crazy things that go on out there all the time (laughs) Um, and then I have two boys Um, my oldest is home in New Jersey And uh, he is a videographer who's amazingly talented and he works, uh, he freelances and he's working currently uh, for a local production company and uh, for Rowan uh, University. Awesome. And uh, he has other odd clients, but those are his core clients. Uh, And he actually has uh, awards. He worked on some projects uh, where he, they won film festivals and, you know, he's really talented. I can't wait to see where he goes. And then my baby, who uh, he, he's a left-handed pitcher, who um, basically kind of fell in love and uh, stopped that process. So he's in Boston now, and he uh, he's finishing up uh, getting his master's degree, and he just got a job teaching um, in Boston, uh, up K to K
0: through eight. So. Awesome. How do they feel about mom and dad living on the mountain? They love
1: it. They've both been out here a couple of times. Um, you know my one son's a little more reserved you know there are some things that are a little scary here you know when you're on a mountain and you have a thunderstorm it's a whole new ball game <laughs> um and we had some crazy things happen um and so he's a little more he, he he's it's gorgeous but you know he's a little more like, he's more of a city boy, huh? Yeah, he's a little cautious. You know, he's like, "What do you mean there's snakes all over the place?" And "What do you mean there's a bobcat every night on the?" Like, he's a little like, "Whoa," you know. And then my other son, he he was in an environmental science major and has been to Iceland and and you know, so he's all about you know give me the rocks and the dirt. Let's, you know, let's go. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So before we move on to my five um, closing questions, um, one thing that you offer is something called the stinger report. I wanted mm. you to have an opportunity to let everybody know about what that is and how it might benefit them.
1: Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. So I have sort of earned this sort of bee sting, queen bee kind of tagline because I'm very open and honest and what i mean by that is i'm willing to tell you the truths that you might not want to hear but you need to hear and so that can sting a little bit and that's sort of how that all came about and so that's how the stinger report came about um but basically that's a, a a a peek under the hood if you will or a peek into your hive to see what's going on and uh it i look at over 300 uh different points uh, and sort of give you a report back. And so this gives you a really good benchmark of where you are, what you need to do, how to move forward. Uh, usually in that process, I come up with a ton of ideas about things that could be done, um, which works really well. It's a great way for someone to sort of step in and say, okay, well, let's, let, you know, we love her, we love her ideas, but let's just sort of step in and see how that works. And I find it's a wonderful spot, especially for the corporate space or the, the more structured office, uh, environment.
0: Awesome. Um, okay. So now we move on to the final part, which are my five favorite questions that have nothing to do with your business whatsoever. <clears throat> I always start off with what is your absolute favorite food in the world and can you cook it? You
1: know, so I'm, I'm, uh, plant-based, um, but I'm not a hundred percent. So I still eat like eggs I, and cheese, you know, there's a few things that right. I just have not given up, but, um, I think my favorite food is probably Mexican. Can I cook it? Mm, not as good as they can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> probably true. Well, I do love, I do love Mexican food as well. Okay. So this one's a little bit more serious. So what is the um, character trait that you most admire in other people and why?
1: I think that it's uh, the ability to be resilient, right? Because life is super messy. And so if we really, if, if you didn't have any resiliency, you could end up in the corner, just sort of stuck there. And so that resiliency is really important. And I think we all have different amounts or levels of it, but being able to really harness that is really, I think, one of the things I admire the most.
0: Okay. So if I flip that mirror on you, what's the character trait you admire most in yourself or you're most proud of?
1: Um, I, I am certainly obviously resilient, but I think it's probably the ability to be adventurous.
0: Right. That's I mean, a good one.
1: right. Most people would, you know, I get messages all the time and this is the common theme. I'm so jealous, but in a good way. Like, right. how do you, how do you just like, cause we sold everything, put everything in a little trailer and just left, you know, like, how do you do that? Like, I'm like, oh, how do you not do that?
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Okay, so this one's just for fun. So, if you were an animal, what would you be and why?
1: Um, so this is pretty easy for me. Uh, I would be a giraffe.
0: Uh, oh, I didn't think that was what you were gonna say.
1: No, what did you think I would say? I thought you were gonna say you're gonna be a bee. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, I love these too. Right. But, but duress are sort of my thing. And it's because they're, you know, they're seen as uh, like the protector. They are very patient. They're very smart and clever. You know, they, they have a really strong bond with family and long relationships. And, you know, they, they just, they're kind of graceful in a awkward kind of way. And I always talk about being perfectly imperfect. So I don't know. I feel like that.
0: Hmm. Well, I think you just made me fall in love with giraffes a little bit more. <laughs> okay. So, what is your secret talent or something people would be surprised to learn about you?
1: Well, I've got a lot of those. I mean, I obviously, um, most people know I'm an artist. I do, you know, many things. I did pet portraits for years, I did mural work for years, I make all kinds of things out of woods and trees and all kinds of stuff. Um, but the the thing that people probably don't know or would surprise that, which I think is what you're looking for, uh, is I'm a huge zombie fan. And I actually, yeah, I'm a big zombie fan. I've seen it all. I love it. And I'm actually a prepper. I actually, well, are you? Yeah, I actually, it's part of, part of this whole plan. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah,
0: I can see that. I was going to say, well, the mountain fits perfectly into that situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's probably uh, the big, like,
0: whoa. <laughs> I was a little bit, the zombie thing, I think surprised me more than the prepping, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, zombies are definitely not my thing at all. So, um, okay. Last question. So who's one person that you've connected with on LinkedIn or alternatively, like a podcast host that you would most like to meet in real life and share a meal with?
1: Um, well, the person that I. I would like to meet, I don't know that you could consider that I've connected with them, but it would be Gary Vee. And the only reason is because my kids always tell me that I'm the female Gary V. And they, they keep saying to me, like, you, we need to record you when you don't think you're being recorded. And so, because they love that, um, that sort of that bee sting, you know, right. and really go on some really powerful, you know, rants. And sometimes I get, I've, I've done quite a bit of speaking. And sometimes when I speak, I will, I'll move into that a little. And so uh, it's very entertaining and and people love it. So,
0: well, you have a videographer, son, it seems like a natural fit. He should set him up one day while you're doing some consulting. (laughs) He's always so busy. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time this morning, Tammy. Is there anything that you want to leave our audience with um, best ways to connect with you, et cetera?
1: Yeah, I, I um, you know, of course, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously, uh, my other uh, social platform that I'm the most active on is Facebook. Um, and uh, I think the most important thing I'd like to say is, uh, you know, you've got to recognize that you cannot see, you're in your own jar with your own stuff. And you cannot, we're not humanly designed to see that you have got to get outside help. And so an easy way to do that I just introduced recently something new called power hour strategy sessions and I'm finding them to be super powerful. So, so you can book that session with me and you pick your topic. So let's say you're struggling with your, you know, social media or your, you know, your brand or your marketing or whatever topic you want to talk about and we'll focus in on that topic and go right to what is the problem, here's a solution, here's how you would implement that, here's a strategy around that. Um, so it's very powerful bang for the buck. And I find that um, for those strong independent people that it's amazing because they're getting that outside help that they need. And my calendar is always open. I always leave it open. Anybody can always book a free thirty minute uh, chat., uh, it's part of my um, uh, my way of giving back. Um I believe that it's important to establish those relationships and so that if someone's very curious or they're interested or anything, I'm always open to having that conversation. Uh, valuable for both, for both people.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, Tammy. And anybody that happens to be um, watching or listening again, I've seen Tammy in action. Um, she is pretty phenomenal. And I know that it would be well worth your investment of time. And if you choose to pursue it money. So thank you everybody. And we'll see you next week.